0: A Lifetime original podcast.
1: I'm just like a mom, but then I'm like, this stroller? This is a freaking Rolls Royce of strollers I got right here. (laughs) And if you know, then you know. And so I'm worried they're not even gonna snatch me or Conrad. They're gonna say, take the baby
2: out, give me the stroller. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll go, ah! (laughs) I love a Lifetime movie. She's British, she's bitchy, and she's scrubbing the floors. His hair
1: is the shape of a sled.
2: Horn on the cab at a funeral? If someone gives you 31 gnomes, you have a motive to kill them. Lifetime rule number 14, don't go alone to suspected crazy's house.
1: I've got someone's dog pooped on someone's lawn crimes to
0: solve. (laughs) Well, maybe it's better to be eager than to be complacent.
2: You do this job long enough, you discover that life is much more mundane.
0: I know how hard it is to lose a loved one. Like I said, with elderly folks, this happens.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi McParrigan, who is slowly becoming not a curmudgeon. Okay? And you know why? It's because of my co-host, the brilliant, the hysterical, Mrs. Claus herself, Megan Gailey. Wow wow, Mrs.
1: Claus. And you know what? I'm looking more and more like Mrs. Claus with each day. <laughs> Girl. Really, really gonna have glasses just falling off the tip of my nose while I look at a
2: menu soon. Now, Megan, tell me like, are you, you know, this will be Conrad's first Christmas, baby Conrad. <laughs> is the Christmas tree gonna be stuffed with presents even though he is like only six months and can't really engage with much?
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably because we also have like, you know, when you get this, when you're married or like in a long-term relationship, you you have to factor in other, the other side of the family's holiday plans as well. So we are, my parents are coming for Christmas and then lo and behold, CJ goes, well, my mom's coming too. <laughs> so. It's like we have the the youngest child. Even though he doesn't know who Santa is, we don't have a chimney. <laughs> like, it, it, I think it's still just like, we got to go where the baby is. Uh-huh. So we're going to have two grandmas and a grandpa here. Yeah. And you can't tell them no present. So right, you can't right, right. tell them like, hey, actually, just why don't you give me a present? <laughs> That's what I keep wanting to be like, you know, who could use a present? Maybe mama. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a packed real estate beneath this Christmas tree.
2: Wow. Now, is having two grandmas and a grandpa in your house, you know, that sounds a lot to me. That sounds yeah. overwhelming. Is it? Me too. Sounds
1: a lot to me too. <laughs> sounds a lot to me too. And I think there, I think. Not everyone's going to be staying here all at once. I don't want you guys to think I live in a mansion. I do not. <laughs> but it's still the comings and goings. Yeah. Of, and then we're going to go to this little Danish town called Solvang. I love Solvang. You do? I I got to get all the wrecks from you. Yeah. So my mom has been dying to go and she loves Denmark. She is actually of Danish descent. And so we're going to go there. And I think that'll be really magical and fun and cute Mm -hmm. and, and the gnomes and the houses and the, like, it's, it's a little taste of Europe.
2: Right here in Southern California. Well, Megan, speaking of gnomes, okay? Yes. That gets me right into today's film. This movie today, you guys, is a holiday thriller, okay? Which, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds for me and Megan, because you know me, I got to see somebody running for their life. And Megan say, give me Santa and snowflakes. Yeah, it's fusion. It's fusion. <laughs> it is a fusion restaurant of a movie. Today, we are talking about the movie, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Murder. What? Diana Hart learns she's inherited an old house from her beloved Aunt Tippy and goes back to her hometown to settle the estate. Matt, the estate attorney and her former flame, tries to rekindle their romance, but Diana believes that Aunt Tippy's death was not accidental and suspects everyone. Will Diana survive Christmas? Ooh, baby! We love this. This movie also has a cameo by Eric Roberts. You know him, honey, because he's in everything. He's also Julia Roberts' brother, Emma Roberts' dad.
1: Yes, Hollywood royalty. Hollywood royalty.
2: Hollywood royalty. So honestly, without further ado, let's get into it.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care, PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: We start off with one of our favorite things, or one of my favorite things, okay? Not raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. One of my favorite things is a dark figure searching for something in a basement. Okay. It's like, you don't know who they are. They're in all black. You're like, okay. Even if you weren't doing anything, you are dressed very nefarious. This is not a normal way to dress. This is a way to dress that lets people know you're up to no good. (gasps) Wow, Naomi. Okay. Okay. In a Lifetime movie, it'll literally be yes. like a sunny day, the middle yes. of the middle That's of the day. That's what this was. <laughs> it
1: is because like... we like cut to the outside and it's like daytime and there's Christmas decorations everywhere. And it's like, what are they? Are they chilly? Ex- no. Well, they're nope, in they're, this basement they're,
2: and they're on they're the hunt. They're rooting around. They're rooting around because mm-hmm. the lights are off, but they got a flashlight. Now, you know, if they live there, they would turn the light on. So it's already sketchy. And as this person's like rooting around the basement, we see an elderly lady. She's walking up the stairs into the house. And we learn this woman is Aunt Tippy, and I love her. She's Aunt Tippy's the sweetest little thing. We only see Aunt Tippy for like two minutes, honey, but she's sweet.
1: I know, and I I should have known that bad things were coming to her. But I said, if someone harms a white hair on Aunt Tippy's head,
2: I'm gonna be pissed. And then guess what, honey? Aunt Tippy goes to the basement because she hears that rustling around, and I tell you. Cuts to Ann Tippy with a broken gnome, dead on the floor. Honey. Now, did you say a broken gnome? Well, yes. Yes. Gnomes are a big part.
1: I wanted the listeners to know, you did not say a broken nose. Right. <laughs> you said a broken gnome. Because Aunt Tippy has gnomes everywhere. Like, this house, for this being a thriller, it's probably the most decorated Christmas
2: house we've ever seen in a Christmas movie. Absolutely. It's like a Michael's Exploded, all right? It yeah. almost is Christmas with a touch of hoarder. Just a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you, okay? It's excessive. Aunt Tippy loves the holidays.
1: And she talks to the gnome. The, she's like, I thought I told you to be a good little boy. <laughs>
0: What have you been up to tonight?
1: Hmm? Which I love. I love, I love, I love. And, and obviously we are in the generation of Elf on the Shelf, which I do think is lying to children. But if it does help your parenting, fine. I'll probably, I'll probably, the Elf on the Shelf will probably be year round in my house. I'll be like, he's watching you. So it's like, you can talk to anything you want. I talk to myself. I talk when I'm outside. I'm talking in the grocery store now. I'm singing to myself. I'm Aunt Tippy, <laughs> except for I am not at the bottom of the basement. Now, before we cut to Aunt Tippy dead, we do get the impression that she knows who this hooded figure is. Right.
2: Because she does, for a second, you just see her be like, what are you doing you. here? Or, oh, just you? <laughs> it's was, like, you. And it's like, okay, well, she knows Sam, So you're like, okay, who came after this sweet Aunt Tippy? Who she knows. But honey, before we can even get into that, we cut to San Francisco, middle of the day. Upbeat music. Everyone's having a great time. Sunny and S.F. Which is, like,
1: kind of rare. And then I'm, I'm thinking, who lives here? Because that's expensive. So I'd like to know what they're up to. And we find out immediately. It's Diana, who is our lead of this film. Now, she is busy. She is on the phone with a customer. And she says the package will be there on time. And then she starts talking to her employee, best friend, Black friend, Riley, who loves true crime. And she is like listening to a podcast. And then they start talking about this business. Now, Diana's business is such a prominent figure in this film. And we never once find out what
2: it is. No detail whatsoever. It's just the business, the business, my business, to the point where it was like, is this some weird Mad Libs where she just has to say a thing? I mean, give her at least a classic lifetime job of architect, something we know, something that is actually real. She's just on a phone and then the numbers look good, but you do yes. not find out what she does.
1: And the thing is, you're in San Francisco. You could just say startup. I know. I like, know. And we'd be like, great. That at least then we at least know you invented something. But like they're in a two story, like she's coming downstairs. I think like the square footage of whatever this office <laughs> is, is big. And I go in in San Francisco, we're looking at ten thousand dollars a month.
2: You are doing I didn't even know I, I would not even do that kind of research, Megan. You was up here looking at the layout yes. of the space to try to extrapolate. And you know what? That makes you a detective. We've got two employees in a
1: large office that I said, no, they should be working from their house. They're, we could cut costs right there. The
2: overhead on whatever this rented space is is too much. Well, my favorite part is that, you know, just in another testament to not having any details, Diana's nameplate says boss lady in a script. Just boss lady on the nameplate, okay? Wow. On her desk. And I said, okay, honey, dial it back. All right, But basically, we learn that Diana is someone who is focused on growing this business to the point where she ain't even trying to keep a man. Because we we cut to Diana on a date with a guy, Frank, who seems to be like newish boyfriend. We learn when she's talking to Riley, they've been together a few months, but it's not, you know, serious. But it is going well. Right. But but then after dinner, he wants to come over. She's like, I got to work. And he's a little annoyed. And then listen to this.
0: Hey, are you mad? I see how important your business is to you, but well, there doesn't seem to be much room left for us hanging out. It's the holidays, it's the busiest time of year. Well, it's always gonna be something, isn't it? And as both of our businesses grow, it's only gonna be harder to find time to spend together. Exactly, so you understand? I mean, if we can't find the time now. Diana, you're great, I'm just starting to think maybe we're in different places. Up with me yeah I, I guess i am
1: okay so that's um, over that's over frank's out frank's excuse out excuse me frank must have just read he's not that into you because this seems drastic i don't like frank though so i say good riddance get him out of here <laughs> so she's mad she like is walking away to her car and he's like uh, do you want me to walk you and she says no and i'm like that's no you let even though he just broke up with you, you let him walk you to her car unless
2: you think he's bad and then you find someone else to walk you to the car. Right, absolutely. But then as she's like walking to her car and this is something I cannot stand, it was like one of those very annoying fake outs. Again, they have to like, it is very hard creating a Christmas thriller and trying to give us both the magic of Christmas and the fear of death. And so there are these moments where it's like, for instance, after she leaves Frank, she hears someone calling out, just going, hey, hey, hey. And then she gets scared. She grabs her pepper spray and she like goes and, and it's Frank. And he's like, you dropped your phone. Why wouldn't you say, Diana, you dropped your phone? Thank you. How do you just go, hey, hey, you know the what person's name? What? Diana. It's like, don't waste my time with bad fake outs, okay? And he sounded totally different.
1: And But I'm also like, if you didn't know how his voice sounded, it is time to break up.
2: <laughs> if, can you imagine Andy just going, hey. Hey. <laughs> ah. Andy, it's so insane but like when he comes to drop off the phone you think oh well maybe she's gonna like try to keep him because this is the thing as much as you say good riddance to frank the thing about that what we heard in the exchange where he's like we're busy she, diana basically is like i don't want to do work in this relationship because he's basically like if we mm-hmm. if we don't have time to hang out now when are we gonna hang out like as because also he has a business too it's like okay it's san francisco everyone's got a business but like I know. if you're both growing and she's like well, you understand. It's going to be impossible. Like, she does not seem into him is basically the point. I know. But she does. It does make it seem like her
1: <laughs> business is busy because it's the holidays. Right. Well,
2: do we have any? I, I'm like, no. is it sex toys? No. It seems like it was. I'm like, I know we get nothing. I'm like, does she even? Does she? They're shipping things. She's shipping They're things. Shipping we know she's shipping. So it's a tangible product. We don't know. Scarf. You know what? I think based on Diana's well-conditioned hair, it's probably yeah. like hair oils. Okay? I'm just making it up.
1: Yeah. Or it's it's something for personal appearance.
2: Absolutely. She's an influencer.
1: And to that, I say, we got to get her on Shark Tank. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, just when Diana's about to talk to Frank, she gets a phone call. You know, the phone that he just gave back to her. And this is when she finds out that Aunt Tippy died. That she fell down the stairs and died. And then immediately this whole Aunt Tippy thing is made more confusing because we learned that she wasn't actually Diana's biological aunt. She was her grandparents' neighbor. And so when That's Diana would go visit her grandparents, death. she would go to Tippy's house. And I just felt that was strange.
1: That's like, I, I have one of these moms, you may have one of these moms. Every time I talk to her, it's seven different people that died. That it's like, this seems like someone who I... You know, would love and care about. But my mom would be like, Aunt Tippy died. And I'm like, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, sad end of story. Right,
2: right. But not for Diana. Well, especially because, though, here's the thing we learned that Diana hasn't seen Aunt Tippy since she started the business. Okay. The business in quotes. Now I think years. she's in the mafia. So the years, right? And like Aunt Tippy would send Diana a gnome because, again, Tippy loves her gnomes. But now, when what I love the most is that when Diana finds this out, we see her FaceTiming with her mom, and her mom is—it looks like she is drinking a cosmopolitan in the middle of the day. She's mm-hmm. on a beach. She Could is loving out though, honey. She yeah. is retired. She is loving it. Her mom, to me, feels like Carrie Bradshaw once she settled down. That's the energy I'm getting from Diana's mom.
1: Yeah, she's in a caftan. Yeah, and I said, let's just follow the mom. Right. I actually don't need to be with boss lady. Diana. I need to be with sitting lady, Diana's
2: mom. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, Diana is already like, this does not make sense that Aunt Tippi fell. And then Riley's over here just pumping her up like, you know what? That's true. Falls are usually pushes. And it's like, Riley. Which is not true
1: of elderly people. Elderly people. You guys know that I've worked at a retirement community. Elderly people fall all the time time. and it's devastating. And it usually means there's a decline in health and... Right. Ding dong death is around the corner, unfortunately.
2: It's terrible. It's terrible. A fall is like us getting a hangnail. Exactly. Like, it happens, yeah. Riley. Yeah, exactly. So then next thing we see, Diana, she gets to Aunt Tippy's house. Beautiful old, seemingly, I think, Victorian. I love the big yeah. old houses when they give us that for a Lifetime movie.
1: I never want to live in one, but I do like looking at them.
2: Why wouldn't you want to live in there? Too creaky?
1: No, it, they're they And I don't even love a full open floor plan. But it's like, here is our giant formal dining room. And it's like, well, I, n- there's nothing I'm gonna do with that. And then here's this totally separate kitchen. Like everything is really
2: separate and there's a lot I of- I love separate. I know what you mean, but yeah. yeah, I love that separate vibe. I love that feeling of there's a everything in its place. There's a room for everything. What are you gonna do with the dining room? That's when I would have parties. I used to have dinner parties back when I had a dining room. I loved it. Wow. And it would just be a nice, like, I like that a lot more than the open floor plan because I also like privacy. Like, I I like to think that I could just go be eating and you could be watching TV and you don't know what I'm doing.
1: You can close a door and not have to, yeah. Some privacy. No, I. I I like a midpoint mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of I don't want one big room. I find that to be difficult to decorate. But I like a wall here and there, but yeah. not a ton of walls. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. and now you guys know how Naomi and I feel about <laughs> open concept.
2: But I will say <laughs> this though Aunt Tippy, again, you see her walk in the house. She's obviously she seems in good health when you see her in the opening and she could she's like 80, get herself. Though. But she's still grown. When I'm 80, is I'm living in an apartment. Okay. I'm living in one bedroom, keeping it contained, keeping it one floor. I'm not running around. I'm not ripping and running. I'm not going up and downstairs.
1: And the way she died was she fell down these treacherous yeah. basement stairs. Yeah. Like there's a banister like halfway and then and then the banister ends and then they take a turn. They are, I yeah. would fall down them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I once fell down a crazy flight of stairs at a family reunion because I was <gasps> too drunk and I bruised my tailbone. Oof. And they were like these. And I was- Twenty-seven. Right. So it's like you people fall down basement stairs. Yeah. Like it's
2: there, and they're like, "This would never happen." And I'm like. How did you even let Aunt Tippy still be in that house? Thank you. That's what I'm saying. So when Diana gets into the house and she hears like sounds coming from the basement, and she goes to the basement and she sees at the bottom of the floor a, a British woman. She's British. She's bitchy, and she's scrubbing the floors. And we learn that she's Mrs. Hobart, who's been the housekeeper, and she did come, you know, and help out Aunt Tippy. And she's scrubbing the floors. She is not interested in talking to Diana. She is like the
0: entrepreneur. I'm sorry. You're the entrepreneur. Oh, no, I just, I own a small company in San Francisco. Well, that's what she
2: called you. She says it like it's a terrible thing. Like she's not yeah. nice about it all. but Like she's... it's a slur. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Diana immediately is like, why are you cleaning this? Isn't this a crime scene? Now, <gasps> I will say this is a problem. Diana comes in so hot and so consistently asserting it's a crime without evidence ever. That's the problem. I think... I always like my heroine who's like plucky and thinking outside the box, but I need a few more breadcrumbs along the way because, quite frankly, for the first 40 minutes, Diana is just annoying. Okay. I'm like, leave yeah. everybody alone. You have no proof. Okay. The only
1: breadcrumb she has is a friend who listens to too many podcasts. <laughs> and that means we all have a breadcrumb because that's uh, everything we have right now. It's really so strange. It's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I do wonder why Lifetime has never given us one person who works inside of a home who's ever been nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> landscaper, evil, groundskeeper, they're a killer. Mrs. Hobart, couldn't trust her. Like, they're just the... I go, can no one find help that
2: smiles? Right, right, exactly. So that after Mrs. Hobart's weird moment, an older woman who was Tippy's neighbor and best friend named Brianna... Comes in. That's a child's name. This is what I'm saying. I had to set up the fact that this is a this is a easily a 70 year old woman if she's besties with tippy Gray, a long, long gray locks, Pre- really pretty hair that
1: I that I aspire to have one day. Do you know, just like white, pretty hair?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but she's she says her name is Brianna, and it's true. It was very confusing for her to be Brianna. Diana should have been Brianna, exactly. And Brianna should have been Diana. Should have been
1: Diana. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That would be my no. So immediately, you know, Diana's asking her, she's like, you know, how did Tippy seem? Brianna's like, oh, I didn't see her the day of the accident, but she wasn't disoriented. She wasn't ill leading up to it. Brianna's like, oh, yeah, the day she died, I was visiting my daughter in the city. And she's like, we were pretty new friends. Of course, once you get closer to older, anything less than 10 years is, is new. But uh, we became close quickly, like sisters. And since I live next door, wow, we saw each other every day. And I'm like that's very strange to be like 80 and be like we're like sisters. I don't I don't understand.
1: Right. Uh, it, there's a lot of uh, we were like family in right, this movie. Right. Every single we were like family, which I do think makes sense if you don't have a family. Uh-huh. But the thing is, all of these people do have family. Diana, full-blown family. <laughs> Tippy had a husband. Brianna has a ch- daughter and yeah, grandkids. So it's like, and- <laughs> you guys are like doing the chosen family thing, but you have family that you're also close with. Not everyone is like family.
2: So then afterwards though, Brianna and Mrs. Hobart, they're around the house cleaning, because they're trying, which is funny because people are cleaning, but nothing ever changes visually, okay?
1: They're, <laughs> it, oh, it is so, not cluttered, but like you said, yes, it's it's it, it's so packed with stuff. And I'm like, we got to start moving some stuff out we
2: now. We got to get it out. But they're cleaning and Diana finds a button under a box and she immediately picks it up and it's like, hmm, curious. And I'm like, really? In what? this house where it looks like a craft store exploded, you are surprised by a button on the floor and a rug? Okay. The floor could have been made of
1: buttons for all we know. <laughs> like, Tippy, that is, when you go into an old older person's home and clean it out, it's like, you're talking about Costco mayonnaise from 1992, so Sam's Club mayonnaise. <laughs> You've got just loose ibuprofen stashed in baskets, <laughs> like a button on the ground. That's that's a dream situation. <laughs> no,
2: the next day they have Aunt Tippy's funeral service and the post-funeral gathering at her house, and we meet Uncle Larry, who is Tippy's ex-husband. And I just need people to stop calling aunt and uncles in a world where this was your grandma's friend. Okay. Just call him Mr. Larry. Okay, but anyway, Diana is talking to him and notices that the button she found on the ground matches the ones that are on Larry's jacket. So now it's like, okay, Larry was in the house. He's a suspect. He's a suspect. He's a suspect. But it's like, obviously, they were cool enough that he came to her funeral.
1: Yeah, and he probably had that jacket for 75 (laughs) years and a button was loose. (laughs) Now, you know what I noticed? So the the post, the spread of food at the funeral, at the post-funeral hang, had those chafing dishes, Mm -hmm. and one of them was filled with corn on the cob.
2: (laughs) First of all, eagle eye, what? Second of all, corn on the cob at a funeral? That's what I said. Corn on the cob, and this is late December,
1: so we're not even in season. And who? Who is like? We're, like. Let's think of the funeral foods. You got those little sandwiches, mm-hmm. probably on like a Hawaiian roll or some other little roll. It's you got meatballs in a crock pot, maybe some cheese and crackers out, like a cookie. And if they had a, a favorite egg. dessert is that a thing or no, a deviled egg. Okay. It's it, funeral food is the same as graduation party food, and I love the food. Let's get dips. Let's get sandwiches. Let's get crackers. Corn on the cob. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't even the long pieces, they were the short pieces. So it's like these old people, they can't they cannot be eating corn. Yeah. You cannot have corn on the cob at an elderly person's funeral. <laughs> I loved it. I said, put it in my lap. I'm good for the day.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, well, as they're cleaning up all the leftover corn cobs, um, <laughs> Diana's in a kitchen when a guy named George Park introduces himself. He's like a black man, about 50 years old. He introduces himself as a detective and the head of Neighborhood Watch. And you're like, well, honey, what were you doing that night? And so immediately Diana's like, oh, cool. So have you looked into Aunt Tippy's death? And he's like, it was an accident. I really just came to say sorry. I don't know why you're trying to give me work to do. Bye. Like, he's really not having it. And it's like, Diana, you have no proof right now. Like, she was elderly. It was a creaky stare. He's a detective. And he's like, we're
1: good. And I know we're usually not on the side of... (laughs) the detectives in this. But like, you're saying, where were you that night? He was probably at a damn Christmas pageant and his old neighbor fell. Like, he's
2: like, yeah, we're good, case closed. Exactly. So Diana goes outside to throw away some trash and runs into Matt Dempsey, her old flame, who she was with before she went to start the business. What do you guys think it is? Honestly, just tweet at us what you think her business could possibly be based on all the details we're telling you about her.
1: Face masks, nail polish, <laughs> some sort of like lotion. I hope it's not a pyramid
2: scheme. She really could have LuLaRoe energy, though. It really could. Like, that's the
1: thing. Because it's like, eh, it does seem like there could be little minions working throughout The Plains. Right. Because that's where those really thrive, the Midwest and the Plains
2: states. So it turns out old flame Matt Dempsey, he's a lawyer, and he is Aunt Tippy's estate lawyer. So Diana's like, oh, cool. Okay, I'm going back to San Francisco tomorrow. And he's like,
0: yeah, I don't think so. Excuse me? Diana, you're you're the beneficiary. Of what? Of everything. Tippy's whole estate.
2: This woman that's not even her relative. I would have been livid. Uh, I mean, Tippi ain't got nobody, nobody else. And then it's not just that somebody who you ain't seen in a good four or five years. So she inherits
1: this Victorian house. Yeah. Naomi, I think this could happen to you. I think this is what you should do. I think you should just walk around your neighborhood with Mabel, find any house that you think is pretty. And then and then pretend Mabel has some sort of emergency and lure old people out, try and befriend them and then just you know, get into their lives. I'm not not saying doing anything
2: illegal, but... No, no, of course. Well, I know I've been saying for years, I want a Tuesdays with Maury situation that will lead to me being left a house and a will. I want a benefactor. Absolutely. And I cannot find one. And the the older Armenian ladies do not like me because, you know, I live in an Armenian neighborhood, honey, and they are not here to make friends. They are not trying... Every now and then they'll give Mabel a little, like, a little coup or something, but they won't talk to me. Early in the pandemic, there was an older lady she was 94 and we were talking and she was like, you should come over for coffee. And I was like, absolutely. And then yeah. she pretended like she didn't know me. So I don't know if she forgot <gasps> about her whole interaction. Well, she may have dementia; She may have forgotten about only. her interaction. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, Oh, that's my girl. Because I would see her. Cause like one time <laughs> I saw her, because I'm on a street without a light or a stop sign, right? So you just, you really have uh, to watch. And I really, I wait yeah. for like both sides to be red and then I will cross if I really have to. Smart, smart. But one day I see her and my, my 94-year-old girl, she just started walking. So I'm with Mabel and I just like come and catch up with her. Because I just like kind of to escort her because I just didn't want her walking. You're now the cross guard. Yeah. And she was so annoyed with me. She goes, I got it. And I said, I know you do, girl, but these cars going to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? Because I, because I could understand. Because I was trying to do it in a way that was helpful without feeling condescending,
1: or like, oh no, I'm, I need you to be my guard. <laughs> right? I like that's what I do. I always turn it around
2: of like I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> I know. So it was like, she was like, I got it, I got it. She was like, not really mad, but just like annoyed. You know. And I was like, so I would see her coming from the grocery store, but suddenly I knew I was like, okay, you and your house shoes going to the grocery store today is not a good day if she was in her house shoes. You know what I mean?
1: And you know what. I've been in my house shoes at the grocery store, too.
2: Yeah, but I bet your house shoes, you know what I mean? Like, they're an Ugg boot. Yeah.
1: No, they're like a crock. <laughs> I had a, a great aunt, so actually my blood relative, and she... Never married, and and even though had had multiple engagements, I don't want you to think she was hard up. And she had never, so didn't have any children. And so we were all very, very close with her. She was my dad's aunt, and she had impeccable taste. You know, like when you don't have children or a man to mess up your life, you can have a very small Matisse in your home. Like she had gorgeous like cashmere, and my mom saw her, and she was in blue jeans, and my mom goes. He, I, I, she's not long for this world, and she was right. Wow. She died like a week later. Like my mom was like, "She's in jeans, it's a wrap." Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> that it that you do uh, if someone's always been really like impeccable, and then you start to
2: notice stains. Yes, 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 yes. You know, this, uh, your appearance when people start to let their appearance go. My mom told me that as well. It's like that's usually a sign that something is not going well.
1: And guess what? That's where we are. <laughs> that that's where I am. Well, Heidi,
2: I be walking this dog, brawless. I'm in these streets, swanging, and just like an old T. I I said. People like it's funny because someone was like, "You know, I was talking about how like you know sketchy and how no one's on the street in L.A. and it could be dangerous." And I was like, "Yeah, but no one's gonna hurt me because I'm looking like I." I'm unhoused. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's coming after me for anything. With your beautiful dog? She's the only thing that would let you think that, oh, okay, maybe she has a hum.
1: I always try and wear, like, my Dodgers hat to be like, hello, and <laughs> love it here. Because I do, you know, I love the Dodgers and I love, I'll wear sports items so I can strike up conversation. So I'll be in a Colts tee and people are like, how are they doing? And I'm like, not good. <laughs> and And I'm like, oh, I'm just like a mom. But then I'm like, this stroller, this is a freaking Rolls Royce of strollers I got right here. <laughs> and if you know, then you know. And so I'm worried they're not even going to snatch me or Conrad. They're going to say, take the baby out, give me the stroller. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll go, ah!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also throughout the movie, you need to know that Diana keeps calling Riley with every update, which is not an update, just telling her everything to the point where I'm like, I thought Riley's supposed to be running a business, this very important busy business. But how she she go run a business when you call her every five seconds? Anyway, (sighs) Diana basically decides she's going to go talk to Uncle Larry again because she found this button. And she's like, was Uncle Larry up in his house and did he push her? And, you know, he's so nice and starts chatting, but she's like just, you know, she's not really talking about herself. She keeps asking him questions. And Uncle Larry, he picks up on it real quick. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Is there something you want to ask me, Diana?
0: There's actually something I want you to explain to me. My button. I was looking for this. Where'd you find it? Underneath Tippy's couch. I thought you said he hadn't seen her.
1: After I heard what happened, I rushed over. I couldn't believe that it could be
0: true. The police were there, some of the neighbors. So Detective Park and Brianna? He was there. I think she was out of town. Look, Diana, I had no reason to hurt Tippi. I loved her. We just weren't in love anymore.
2: Well, he's
1: cleared. Oh, okay. He's cleared. Yeah. He's cleared. Now, I was hoping the button was there because they were still getting freaky with each other. <laughs>
2: that would have Now, that would have been fun. Like, that would have been a nice that one. That yeah. would have been Christmas. That would have been to nice. To be like,
1: yeah, listen, I hooked up. We had a little too much eggnog one night, and Tippy tore my clothes off. <laughs> 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 okay, so at this point, these are my headlines. I don't trust Matt, mm-hmm. the lawyer, ex-boyfriend. I don't trust Brianna. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did Tippy like Brianna? Because we don't have Tippy here vouching for it, and it's not great that Diana... <laughs> totally banished from Tippy's life and is now getting this money because we don't know. Like, she's like, I don't know who Brianna was, but I wasn't a part of the life. And I also feel like Riley wants Tippy to have been murdered in a way that I
2: am uncomfortable with. Absolutely, absolutely. She was an 80-year-old woman, okay? Like, why, like, why do you want something gruesome to have happened to her? Especially when, as far as we know aunt tippy was just chilling right like she's it's not like it's not like uncle larry used to be in the mob or aunt tippy witnessed a crime or something like she's literally just a regular woman so it's like why do you assume or want it to have been dark
1: you know riley is one of those people that's on next door that's like was that a gunshot and it was like it was a firework (laughs) it is fourth of july it was a dog barking like was that a gunshot listen are were you shot No, get
2: off next door. Exactly. So Diana's relaxing on the porch. And what's really funny about this to me is that she is wearing a turtleneck, a long coat, gloves, and holding a cup of nog. And I just thought to myself, there's nothing chill about this at all. Nothing relaxing. I don't know why you're outside. You're wearing far too many layers. You might as well be in the house. Don't tell me, Aunt Tippy don't have heat. And she's on like a wicker chair, which is very uncomfortable. I was like, what are you doing? But Matt comes by with the key to Aunt Tippy's safe deposit box. And they're like kind of having a little moment where they reminisce on, you know, back when they were together, when they were younger. And it's like, remember when we got drunk on peppermint schnapps? It's so funny because I find peppermint schnapps is, or peach schnapps, either one, they're always the go-to reference for kid drunk. Like in movies and TV Uh shows, it's always like, remember when we had the schnapps? Because it's like the thing I guess you, a kid would drink because it's sweet. And I think it's just like,
1: Probably what's in the liquor cabinet that never gets drunk—that's available for a kid to pick up. You- exactly. Oh, see, like I it's see. like you're not. You better get away from that blue blue Johnny Walker. That's they use that. Maybe like a like a a Bailey's. That's like hard to twist open. Like it's like I can't
2: get it. So when Diana goes to the bank and opens a safe deposit box, she calls Riley again. It's like you ain't got no other friends. Who was running the business? Because like she it, Riley's on the D- phone. D-Dian-
1: we don't, And we don't see Diana do any work. Right. Like, she never has her computer open, like, oh, sorry, I have to answer an email. Oh, my God, she's not busy. Like, we don't get any of that, like, I'm a busy working woman. Yeah. It's just, like, she's left this business to, like, be handling this woman's
2: affairs, and the business kept her from dating? <laughs> I'm confused. But Diana tells Riley she found a notebook filled with numbers, and they're, like, some old pictures. And we see in one of them that Aunt Tippy built an elaborate Christmas village in her house. Which Diana is like, oh, that's actually not in the house now. Mm-hmm. But Diana is like, Riley, I gotta go. She like puts the phone down and runs across when she sees Detective Park across the street living his life, minding his business, and then she bothers him. Listen to this,
0: Detective Park. It's hard. How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, I'm glad I caught you. I was just wondering if you heard anything else about about my aunt's death. Maybe something that points away from an accident?
2: Like I said before, there's no evidence it was anything else.
0: Well, how can you be so sure?
2: No forced entry. Nothing obvious
0: was taken. I know my aunt did not fall down those stairs. I think someone pushed her. Okay, Miss Hart. If there was no forced entry, maybe it was someone she knew. and And maybe they didn't take anything obvious. I mean, it happens all the time. It does? Yeah. Haven't you heard about the infamous
2: staircase murder? We have a term at the police academy. It's called fishing for worms. It's what young recruits do when they first get out because they want to catch a criminal so badly. And now I say, look, I think Detective Park is it wrong. Diana has no proof. She has no evidence. And cops do not do extra work, <laughs>
1: okay? She's grasping at straws. and And unfortunately, the person... Who most benefits from Tippy's untimely death, even though it wasn't that untimely, is Diana I know. <laughs> because she is now heir to the Victorian home inheritance. Right. So it's like, Diana, look in the mirror, girl. You're suspect number one. Okay? You want to go up that tree?
2: <laughs> and then turns out Diana didn't hang up on Riley. And Riley just listened to the whole conversation with Detective Park. Again, don't you have work to do? You keep saying you're going to keep an eye on the business, but you're out here just staying in on phone calls that had long been over. And Riley's like, Detective Park is suspicious. And it's like, No, what Riley? He's not. Oh, good Lord. He's
1: just a nice man in a small town who's like, "Oh, these white girls and their podcasts.
2: So Diana then starts asking, like, she sees Matt and is asking him, like, what do you think the numbers in this book mean? She thinks that these, this book with numbers, it's, it's gotta be a clue to something. And it is very random, especially to be in a safe deposit box, a book of numbers. It's really weird. It,
1: it reminded me of, like, the Da Vinci Code. Because, like, it is filled with them. Like, it's, It's very, like, a beautiful mind. Like, they're not just, like, oh, doodled. It's, like, every page is filled with weird numbers that would... To me, it's the most suspicious thing that's happened thus far.
2: Right, right. And so, Diana's like, what do you think this means? And again, to me, I think it's wild in a way that something happens and you just start showing everybody. You have not been in this town in years. You don't know what's up. Don't show everybody everything. That's how I feel. Yeah, As, I'm like, we don't know. But then Matt's like, you know what? There's an older lawyer at our firm. He, maybe he can help you. He, you know, would know more about Aunt Tippy. But so they're like talking. And then Mrs. Hobart, remember her scrubbing at the bottom of the stairs? Well, she bursts in without knocking, says she's getting something. And then she just leaves with a bag. And it's like, okay, first what? of all, Mrs. Hobart, honey, like you can't just walk in. Now that no. Diana is there, the property is technically hers. And the woman you used to work for is no longer alive. You got to knock, babe. You got to knock. This also, British people don't behave like this. And
1: like, I know there's exceptions to the rule. This is like, this is something a general Zer would do. This is not something a 50-year-old British woman would do. A 50-year-old British woman would like sit on the porch for hours and be like, is it okay if I come in now? Like they have Mrs. Hobart all sorts of messed up. Now, I do want to say Matt's hair. I just would like to touch down on it you for must. a beat. He must. Matt is very attractive, obviously, or else he would not be in a Lifetime film. I find Diana to be very beautiful, too. Riley's gorgeous.
2: He's a land's end catalog model.
1: His hair is the shape of a sled. <laughs> now, specifically a toboggan. So it's flat and then it swoops up swoops like up. that. Yeah. Yeah, and I go. I wonder they. I wonder if they styled his hair this way to be Christmas like. <laughs> because when I see it, I go, "Oh my gosh, snow! I want to go sledding." Like it is so pronounced.
2: Yeah, the swoop is so pronounced. It's like a lot. It reminds me almost like um Rin Tin Tin or something. Yeah,
0: you know? or like Tin-tin. Tin Tin. I love Tin Tin. 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 I I was like,
1: I loved Tintin, <laughs> that I'm like, can a lawyer have this hair? Like, I know a boy band member can, yeah. and I know probably- A tween, like, a tween can. Yes, a, a hot guy who works at a grocery store, a fireman, you know, any of the sort of men that I go, hmm, a lawyer, and then and then I'm like, oh my God, teens are lawyers now. Right. Like, they're not, but like people that are like so young to us, right. you can be a 26-year-old lawyer. I
2: know, it's insane. they are wow. 26-year-old lawyers out here. They're out here in these streets, closing cases, objecting, okay? But you know who is not a 26-year-old
1: lawyer? The man that Diana goes to see next, who is Tippy's former lawyer, He's retired, but he still has an office and he still is taking cases on So that is a little strange, but I'm happy he's here because it is the one and only Eric Roberts.
2: Can you handle it. Wow. I was wow. shocked. I said, is that Eric Roberts? When I looked at him, I said, is that Eric Roberts? I truly was like, wait,
1: it, there was like no lead up to it. It's not in the way that like the Patty LaBelle were like waiting for her around every corner. Right. This almost felt like an Eric Roberts Easter egg. It did.
2: Like I'm like, wait here well then i as soon as i saw him i go oh he's the mastermind behind the whole thing because why else would mm-hmm. eric roberts be here literally th- mm-hmm. as soon as i saw him i go he did it he did something he was in it he paid someone to do it eric roberts Because yep. Eric roberts ain't just coming in here to sit at a desk and tell you about how aunt tippy gave him gnomes for 31 christmases hey and and to me that's motive if someone gives you 31 gnomes you have a motive to kill them <laughs> because that's an insane amount of gnomes but the thing we do get from eric roberts is that Diana's sort of wondering, like, hey, so I got all this stuff in Aunt Tippy's will. What about the other people who are in her life? Like, are they going to come after me? And he's like, no one's going to contest the will. Uncle Larry got money. And I like that he even said, he goes, I know he doesn't look it, but he is comfortable. (laughs) With his loose buttons. I said, Uncle Larry got money, even though his buttons fallen off. And that's how I'm going to be when I'm older. Because I ain't having nobody try to come up in my life and steal my money. I'm going to look shabby. Even though we just talked about five minutes ago of you trying to get in other people's life well, to steal their money. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to, no, I don't want to steal it. I want them to love me enough that they yes, bequeath. Right, right, right. I would like something to be bequeathed to me, Megan. Do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. Okay. He also says he does not know what the numbers in the book mean. So again, she's now, you know, 0 for 2. And then Diana goes back to the house and she asks Brianna, who's a real estate agent, FYI. Okay. And she's like, Brianna, will you sell this house for me? So now this is what we have. Her name is Brianna. She's a real estate agent. She's supposed to be 32. All right. She's not supposed to be 70. It's an interesting choice. But Brianna's very excited to do it. She's like, I would be happy to.
1: Okay, so Brianna, she is going to sell the house. So they're going to clean everything out, even though we've already established nothing gets cleaned out. <laughs> and Diana vacuums in healed booties. And uh, again, we continue the trend of people cleaning and outfits they should not be cleaning. And- <laughs> Absolutely.
2: I, mean, can I, just, I just have to talk about things you want to touch down on. Megan, you have an eagle eye in this motion picture. You're clocking the, the levels of office space you are clocking corn cobs in the background. You're clocking heeled boots. I mean, what is like what you were sh- you were sharp when you watched this and I need to know what was going on. I was not sharp
1: when I watched this. I was like frantically watching it because we I do want the listeners to know we have recorded three episodes in a week. It is a it is a record. It is something we did not even do when I was with child about to rip my body apart because this holiday time, it's important. And we we had something going on and we needed to get to it. So I was not sharp when I was watching this. I was <laughs> as, as dull as a pencil on the last day of school. Oh,
2: that is a good one, Mrs. Claus. That's a Thank good one. You. That is a good saying, and you gotta keep that. We love it.
1: I think what was happening is I wasn't catching any of the big picture things, <laughs> but I but I can get in there and get the little details that do not help
2: us at all. Right. Right, 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 right. Okay. I'm Riley. <laughs> So okay. later, we do see at least something is getting sent off because they're basically taking a bunch of the Christmas stuff and toys and gifts. I don't know why they'd be in Aunt Tibby's basement, but they are. They're donating them to a children's organization. And then there's one box where the guy's like, I can't take this. These are antiques. You should go to an antique shop. Which would never, never happen. Never happened in a million years. The man wouldn't look inside. He wouldn't care. They wouldn't
1: look inside. They would pick up the box, throw it Ace Ventura style.
2: <laughs> so... Diana goes back down to the basement to see if she can find the Christmas village, you know, that she noticed. She was like, Well, it wasn't up. And Lord knows Antippy was had already decorated. So she's like, Where's that Christmas village? But it's not in the basement. And then Matt is like, go upstairs, look at what we've done so far. And when she's gone, he grabs a box. We see him like grab a box once Diana's like out of view. And so you're like, Okay, Matt, here it is. What's he up to? Yep. And Diana that hair. thinks that Christmas Village was stolen. And We see upstairs. So basically, the whole reason they're decorating is because Brianna's trying to sell the house and she thinks if we decorate it and make it look nice and cute, people will be attracted to it. And she's also baking cookies for the open house. And Diana's like, have you seen the Christmas village? And Brianna's like, not since last Christmas. I don't know nothing about no village. You know, she's like, not interested. She's like, I can't help you. And then we see something that, this might actually be my favorite character in all of Lifetime <laughs> because <laughs> it is so anachronistic Yeah, that I just felt like, wow, this was a choice. This was a swing. Give me more of yeah. this. Diana goes to an antique shop and in a real spin on the stereotype, this place is owned by like a New Jersey mafia member, low level yes. thug from New Jersey. That's the energy. Yes. Okay. The man's name uh-huh. is Jerry. Listen to this.
0: Are you Jerry? from the IRS? No. Well, then yes, I am Jerry. <laughs> um, Greg from the children's house sent me. Oh, did he say anything about our trip to Vegas? No. Um, he wouldn't take these because they're antiques. My aunt, she recently just passed away, and I inherited all this stuff. Honest man that Greg. I never could get him to go to Vegas. <laughs> Very nice. I'll give you a hundred bucks for the whole box. Okay, yeah, if you think that's fair. Let me give you some advice, young lady. You should do some research before you sell something. Each one of these figures is worth well over a hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> and so when I when I meet when we meet him, I'm thinking he must own this shop as a front to traffic stolen goods, right. because that is like when you think antique shop right. owner, you think an antippe, you think an a Brianna, someone who is like hello, and then you bring them in and they go, oh, I'm a gem for me, exactly.
2: <laughs> so a wizard, a kindly wizard, <laughs> um,
1: uh, antiques roadshow, yeah. but this. This, and, and we're people who are creators. We, we create shows, we write shows. And I go, I wonder if they met someone like this yeah, at yeah. some point, because this is such a specific type of person to put in charge. <laughs> but the good thing is, he ends up being very vital to the rest of the film.
2: The most helpful person of the whole bunch. Yes, because I think he's been in and out of jail and he's resourceful. <laughs> but the decision to help her is surprising to me because at first he goes, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the whole box. And she's like, Re- okay. And then he goes, each one of these is worth a hundred bucks. And so it's like, why did you choose to tell her the truth? So it's very interesting. There's something about Jerry where he like decides, he's like, I'm going to be real with her. <gasps> you know what it could be? Witness protection. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Okay, now we need a movie about Jerry. We need a spinoff movie about Jerry. He
1: was a part of the mob, yep. low level. And then he- He ratted you know, out some he people and him. then
2: he had to go into WITSEC.
1: And now he lives in this like Northern California Christmas town. Mm-hmm. And- quote-unquote, owns an antique shop. And he goes, yeah,
2: Diana, I'll throw her a bone. I'll throw her a bone. And then when she's in the shop, she notices multiple Christmas villages. And we learn that all of these individual pieces are worth hundreds, even thousands of dollars. Now, Megan, would you like to reveal your own life experience? Okay, so, and and they name
1: check this in the film at some point. These are Dickens Christmas villages. Now, they are little homes that are that were made, mass-produced, uh, uh, based on Charles Dickens' writings. So I, I do have to make a confession. I come from a family that had a Dickens village. My mom had dozens of them. They would be all around our house. My mom had specific... Like snow and trees and figurines to, to round out the village in the same way Aunt Tippy did. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think my mom's display was prettier than Aunt Tippy's. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to say that. And my mom now has divvied them up. And given a bunch to me, a bunch to my brothers, I think i I probably got the most because I liked them and and the girl. So I have Scrooge's house. I have Bob Cratchits. And so when I saw this that there were thousands of dollars, I go, well, I gotta <coughs> i got got a child's college to pay for. I'm gonna see if this is true. Bob Cratchit's house. So oh, we're talking about yeah. a, a prime, prime of yeah this. prime real estate, prime real estate. It's selling for forty
2: nine dollars on eBay. <laughs> 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 Okay, so this <laughs> entire twist on the story is not based in reality whatsoever.
1: No. Okay. Because if okay. it was, my both of my brothers would have sold them already.
2: Right. <laughs> well, in in our motion picture, Hetty, we see that on the bottom of each of these figurines are numbers, numbers that look a lot like the ones in Aunt Tippy's book. And Jerry explains that they're serial numbers and they're used to identify each piece. So she shows him the book that she found, you know, at her aunt's safe deposit box. And he's like, I'll look into it. I'll see if these numbers match up. And this is for me where I was like, again, Jerry is shady. He proves to be useful. But at this point, I'm thinking what is it about Jerry shady Las Vegas traveling ass that makes you think you need to loop him in on the murder investigation?
1: Diana, he ain't the one. No, and Jerry's not doing anything for free. Hell Like, this isn't, a, a favor to him is, like, knocking someone out with a crowbar and then you <laughs> gotta give him a fur coat. Like, he's <laughs> a not... fur coat. He's not Brianna Energy. Right. He is... I'll do this favor for you. What are you going to do this
2: for me? He's like, I want to cut. He's like, I'll get a cut of any profits. It's like, what are you saying, Jerry?
1: Yes, you need to bring him a pinky ring. (laughs) You are going to get a favor from him.
2: But somehow she said, I'm going to trust Jerry. And she goes back home after that and she hears sounds in the basement. So she goes down to investigate, which is like, girl, stop going down places. But who is down there? But Mrs. Hobart, who is fixing things up. And she puts it with a whole attitude saying, Y'all messed up everything. And I'm like, I can't even <laughs> tell what it cleaned up. So if they messed no, it up, they I, said, I said, okay, she's so mad. And Diana's like, I don't believe you. She like calls the police and has British Mrs. Hobart brought to the police Holden. station. Hauled in. Hauled in. And Detective Park, rightly so. He's like, Mrs. Hobart, you know, you can't have them keys. <laughs> that ain't your house. You don't work there no more. And so he's like, You gotta give the keys to diana and mrs hobart immediately starts crying and i yeah. said okay and then diana immediately is like i'm sorry i'm sorry and then she breaks down and suddenly she's a nice person and she's also so sad to lose aunt tippy and she's she grieving. thinks aunt tippy was pushed also
1: i'll never forget what she looked like in that basement at that moment i, I knew I-, I knew someone had pushed her brianna said i was being dramatic The police just dismissed it. She was always so careful holding on to that railing. I can't believe she fell on her own. I don't believe it. (gasps) Wow. And Detective Park has got to be like, oh, Oh, brother. Couldn't they have done this at like a cafe? (laughs) Right. I mean, I've got someone's dog pooped on someone's lawn crimes to solve. Exactly.
2: And so. Then he's like, all right, could y'all leave? It's like, okay, now this is, I don't need two people coming up here telling me somebody who's pushed without evidence. Y'all could just go talk about it together. So he's like, get out. It seems, okay, so now Mrs. Hobart is no longer a suspect. She's sad and Mrs. Tippy.
1: Okay, but then we do find out there's already four offers on the house. And I said, this market. This is real. This is real. <laughs> and the thing is, this is a week before Christmas. Who is out trying to buy a house? But
2: Brianna's like, this is
1: a great time to sell a house. And I'm like,
2: How? this is insane. Well, I got an email from some, you know, realtors who have like mass emails. So they're like, we can get you sold by the holidays. Anyone who's looking to sell by the holidays. like, oh my goodness. I was like, who's going to enjoy like moving and cleaning on like December 26th? Anyway. Mm-hmm. But, Ugh, a nightmare. But here it is. Even though I think Jerry's shady as hell, he got answers. Jerry unlocks the key to the numbers. Listen to this.
0: Your aunt started selling her pieces a few years ago. Four years ago, to be precise. Why would she sell it? It's not like she needed the money. Did she ever tell you why she was selling? Never met her myself. What? No, nope. usually she'd send a photo. I'd give her a quote, then she'd have the messenger deliver the piece, and if it was in good condition, I'd wire her the money. Is that normal? Oh, in this business, what is normal? The arrangement seem to work for both of us. Do you remember what the messenger looked like? I don't know. She was just a kid. A kid? Well, she looked young to me. I had to call her once, but uh, I'm sure I don't have the number lying around anymore. It's too bad. What about the account number you used to wire the money? Do you still have that? Sure. Well, can you give that to us? Well, I'll just have
2: to go to the computer up front. And I'll send it to you. So it turns out Jerry's the wow. best investigator in the
1: whole town. I'm, and, and this is one of those things, too. I'm really surprised that they put the brand name in here of yeah. the Dickens Village. Because there are, my mom will tell you, there are little knockoff villages. Sometimes I go to other people's houses. They don't have the Dickens Village. They've got just some sort of like, you know, they bought a Target village. <laughs> and that's not the same. That's not the same. Because my grandpa, he was, you know, in the same way that Tippy was giving out gnomes, My Grandpa Willie, he was giving out these Dickens Villages. Mm. He would buy my mom new ones every year, and she loved it. So, And they're really only going for $49.99. I mean, the Cratchit's house is obviously not a great house but you're not living in it. It's yeah. part of the collection. I don't know how much Scrooge is going. There's like a pretty, my mom kept some of them. I remember there was like a really pretty train station because then they just, I, they started making houses. And I go, this wasn't in Dickens. You know, they're <laughs> branching out. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, doing, yeah. They're yeah. doing prequels. They're doing sequels. They're really taking creative license with old Charles uh, literature. <laughs>
2: So later on, again, back to the motion picture, Diana's out here on the case. And I'm like, is there a case? I'm not that interested. But the point is, Diana, she's upstairs. She falls asleep in a chair. And she's, like, woken up by weird creaks and footsteps. And she goes downstairs to investigate. (sighs) And she grabs her pepper spray. I said, smart girl, okay. And she's, like, walking through the house. And she sees a hooded figure all in black in the middle of the living room. And she sprays him. And then the guy's like, ah, ah, ah. And we see it's Matt. Y'all. Wow. Y'all. Tintin hair. Tintin hair up in that house. We gotta take a break, cause I did not see Tintin hair coming up in the house. No, I did not.
0: To find out if it's right for you,
1: spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Okay, we are back. Tintin hair has been sprayed by the pepper spray. And it's like, Matt, this is like the fifth time he spooked her, too. Like, he keep, this is a theme throughout it. And you know she's jumpy. And he's like, oh, I was surprising you with dinner. The Chinese food is in the fridge. It's like, Matt, that's a, and, and he says, I'm, She's like, why are you dressed like a burglar? Right. She literally says burglar, because he is. <laughs> you look like a bandit.
2: And he's like, I was going to the gym. No, he just came home from the gym, which if okay. you try to surprise me, you need to take a shower first and dress yourself, okay? Don't come to me straight from the gym with
1: some cold Chinese food. He's doing a classic Megan. Oh, I worked out, I'll eat Chinese food. And it's like, you, got, you it's abs are made in the kitchen, okay, Matt? <laughs> you cannot get general chows right after doing... 15 minutes on the elliptical and think you're going to come out
2: even steven on that (laughs) but for some reason diana doesn't mind this they start kissing and it's like sure it's a christmas movie let them kiss
1: yeah because this is an old flame she's letting her business burn to the ground with riley who's listening to 87 serial seasons and she said i gotta get it in in tippy's house
2: (laughs) In her creaky bed. So, you know, Jerry had found out that these Dickens villages were being sold through a messenger, but didn't know who the messenger was. And so now finally, Jerry's like, I got it. Here's the number he used to wire the money to. But we still don't know who the messenger like. Who does that belong to, right? So, Matt
1: and her, we can only imagine, got freaky and we're, and he's thrilled that she's back in town. Then he has to go to work. But before he does that, Diana spots one of Aunt Tippy's boxes in Matt's back seat. So she tells Riley this, and Riley's like, You got to call the cops on Matt. And so that's what she does. Then we are back in the police station, Detective Park. At this point, I would I would get a restraining order out on Diana if I was Detective Park. I go, girl, <laughs> you cannot come back in here until you have something. And you're just bringing your exes in. So he is grilling Matt because he thinks this is a lead. And Diana is sitting next to Matt while he's being interrogated and they're not in an interrogation room. They're just in, I'm like, this cannot be protocol. They're in the bullpen.
2: They're just like at his desk surrounded by people. And you're like, why are you doing this?
1: And he's like, what do you have in your back seat? Now, this is a woman who has recently passed away and he just has a box of hers in the back seat. Like, you're allowed to do this. There is nothing nefarious about this whatsoever. But Matt indulges them. He goes back to his car, brings the box in, and the box is actually filled with photos of Diana and Matt as children. And he was going to get one framed for her for Christmas. Listen to this.
0: Matt, let me explain. There's
2: not much to explain, Diana. You thought I was a murderer. Or at best, at best, a thief.
0: I'm sorry. Just when I saw Tippy's box in your back seat. I- I couldn't help but wonder.
2: Well, you didn't think to call and ask me?
0: It's been so many years. I didn't know if I could trust you. And here I was feeling like we really understood each other. Even after you left me five years ago, I was willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. I did not run out on you. I just wanted to start my life. It didn't include me in it. Which was your choice. Matt. You know, I thought that maybe, maybe we'd... It doesn't even matter. We're going back to San Francisco.
2: So here we are, nearly at the end of the movie, and we finally get a bit about their past because they just keep saying the phrase Old Flame. So now we know they were together over five years ago. I'm assuming these were like end of high school into college years. And then she left to start this business that we still don't have information on. Okay. But the business is a problem. It has ruined everything. She can't even be in love because the business, I swear to God, if she makes lotions, I'd be dead. I'd be like, you don't have a life because you're making candles. (laughs) She hasn't
1: done anything since she's been in this town. So it's like, you can balance this. You are because you're not doing any work. So we do get a Christmas movie element, which are sprinkled throughout, I feel like, of there's there's
2: not just the decorations. There's also like the old flame rekindling and the importance of family. She's a big city girl who's got to go back to the small town to understand that family is what matters. Thank you. And the importance of family comes to play again
1: because Diana's parents are going to be stuck on a cruise ship and they're not going to be able to come back and I think being stuck on a cruise ship is actually a Christmas nightmare. That is where a thriller could take place because you know it's international waters. If you watch Dateline, husbands are pushing their wives off to and fro, and mm-hmm. you cannot, don't if, if someone you love asks you to go on a cruise, they want to murder you. So these two, they're <laughs> stuck on a cruise. They're not coming back. Diana says she's got to get back to San Francisco. She says bye to uh, Brianna, and Brianna's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Christmas because I'm going to be spending it with my daughter who I haven't seen in ages, which is very strange because Ah. Brianna's alibi the day that Aunt Tippy died was that she was with her daughter. And so Diana's like, didn't you say you were with your daughter the day that Tippi died? She's like, oh, yeah, her, my daughter was actually on business. I briefly saw her. I was helping to babysit the kids.
2: I thought that was a very good cover. Very good cover. Brianna was seamless. She was seamless. She didn't even look like she had to find it. She just said, oh, yeah, I just saw her for a second. And I'm like, all right. But I think that's not how you, you wouldn't say I was with my daughter. You'd say I was taking care of my grandkids. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a lie because if someone's like, where were you? You'd be like, oh, I was babysitting my grandkids. I was taking care of my grandkids. Not I was with my daughter. And then being like, I haven't seen my daughter in forever. Can
1: grandkids be, you know, given an alibi? Like, if my mom is watching Conrad, can they call Conrad to the witness stand? And he'll, you know, drool on the Bible and go, goo goo ga ga, goo was with me.
2: So... Diana sends Detective Park the account number she got from D- Jerry. He says he's gonna look into it, and I said, Detective Park, I'm so sorry. When do you when does your holiday <laughs> break know. start?
1: You know, Detective Park like saw that she had Jerry a part of it, and he's like, Oh no, no, no! Jerry is a criminal. So if you're talking to Jerry, then we're already off track, Diana.
2: <laughs> she then goes to Eric Roberts' office, and he's got a folder of Tippy stuff, and he's like talking to her about the figurines, and it's just like that's it. That's the last we see of Eric Roberts. He just is like, oh, yeah, if she sold figurine, she would have claimed them on her taxes. All right. All is well. Like, and I said, Eric Roberts took a day to do this. I know. He took a day to do this because right now it's two scenes, one location, right? That's a day. That's a day. A half day. Half maybe, but who, yeah, with a lifetime schedule, maybe a half.
1: I'm like, wait, so uh, the lawyer is also handling the taxes? Can can I get in on that program? Because right now I'm paying two different men to do that service. <laughs> so if I could get Michael in on my taxes and Charles out, then uh, then I'm streamlining right, Miss
2: Tish, Inc. Exactly. Exactly. But then after that, Jerry sends Diana the messenger's phone number. So he has now found the person who has been couriering these figurines. And I'm just obsessed with the idea of a figurine courier. And then Diana goes to meet her. And she's a blonde woman who's wearing a lot of scarves and a beret. And she seems really nervous and doesn't want to talk. But she does give Diana some tea. Listen to this.
0: I'm just trying to figure out who's stealing from my aunt. I didn't know I was doing anything illegal. You're not in any trouble. I just want to know who hired you. Please. It's an old woman. How old? I don't know. What does she look like? She always had her hair covered and wore sunglasses. She meets me at a corner in her car and hands me the package. Did you notice anything else about her? Oh yeah, this time. This time? Recently? Yeah, yeah. So she just gave this to me. She wanted me to get a price for it. (sighs) What did you notice this time? Oh, yeah. So she had a burn on her arm when she handed me the package. A burn? Yeah, like
1: my mom gets when she cooks. Okay. She's giving
2: us drug mule energy. Also, you said I didn't know I was doing anything illegal. But you would meet an old woman at a corner who would hand you figurines from her car. What about that seems legal? Because they're Christmas
1: villages. That doesn't seem like no one is trafficking in Christmas villages. I just
2: told you. But it's the shadiest way to exchange it. Like we should be meeting up at the coffee place. Why am I meeting you on a corner and you just handed them out of a car? Like I bet you don't even see your face, right? She just like extends her arm with the bag of village. She may have glaucoma. Which
1: could explain the glasses. Well, why is she driving? Because it's hard to get an old person to give you their keys, and they're going to be driving, glaucoma or not. So, if anything, the illegal
2: thing she was doing was allowing this old woman to drive. (laughs) But then I also thought the other thing about this figuring courier, the way she described a burn, she was like, like my mom gets when she cooks. Why? I just didn't. I know that was a very strange way to describe someone. Just mean like they had a burn on their arm. On their forearm, like that's all it is. Yeah. Like, What does that to do with your mother? And she gets them when she cooks. Is that happening all the time? <laughs> I don't know. She should be cooking.
1: I think it was done purposely because earlier in the film we see Brianna baking cookies. This courier girl is. When I see her energy, I go, "Oh no, she's actually doing something illegal." Yeah. She's working for Jerry. His whole, <laughs> oh, I have to find out who it was. I'm like, no, she is. She is taking. Cocaine over the border. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I can.
2: Yeah. that's what I believe. So now at this point, Diana goes to Brianna's house, which looks like a giant mansion. I said this is next door Huge. to Aunt Tippy. I said, okay, what is this zip code? But this is my my big pet peeve. You know, lifetime rule number fourteen: don't go alone to suspected crazy's house. Okay, yes, people keep going to suspected crazy people house by themselves. And she's been so quick to call Detective Park. Thank you. She's called Detective Park. When the wind every blows. Time. She's
1: wiped her tush. And now she's just going to go to the suspected murderer's house
2: loose. Hello. And then she sees Brianna has a burn on her arm, which is all we needed. Of we didn't need to compare it to mom's cooking. And then, of course, Brianna's like, oh, yeah, from the Christmas cookies. And then she shows Brianna the account number that Jerry had given her and accuses her of selling the Christmas Village. So you don't go somebody's house who you think killed your old auntie. Straight up accuse them with the account number, and you just thought what was going, what you think was going to happen? What you think was going to happen, Diana? Because you know what does happen? Brianna grabs a knife and goes after her. And I said, well, that checks out. And if we're saying
1: rule fourteen, don't go to the house alone. Rule fifteen is don't run. Upstairs. And the in, in in this case, the stairs are right at the front door. Yeah. So she could have easily <laughs> gone out. Eat, she she chose, It was left out the door, right up the stairs. And she goes, Well, I gotta go upstairs, I guess. I was like, what? Then we had this
2: May-December fight. That's what I'm calling it. What does it. that mean? Like a May December romance, an older and a younger person. Oh my gosh. So it's a May-December fight. That. And Okay, great. Brianna is pretty strong considering she's 40 years older than Diana. Okay. And Brianna knocks Diana out with a gnome. And Diana wakes up tied to a chair. Okay, classic. Classic lifetime. Tied to a chair. And Brianna starts telling the whole backstory. Listen to this. You have no idea what I have been through.
0: My husband left me. And then I lost my job. And I had to go out on my own. Tibby. Tibby had plenty of money. She didn't need those figurines. She'd pull them out once
1: a year, and otherwise they'd be in the in the basement collecting dust.
0: My aunt was so generous. She would have helped you. You could have asked her for help. I.
2: I couldn't. Okay. You could have just asked Aunt Tippy for some money. I'm with Diana. Why don't you just ask her for some money? You're and
1: she's living in a mansion. Like, do we need to sell that? You're thank you're a realtor. You, thank can we ask your daughter? She's obviously busy. She's working. The motive, you know, sometimes with these Christmas movies, we are like, the stakes couldn't be lower. And that's honestly the case here, except for Tippy's life, of course. Right. But it's like, I bet Tippy would have given you the villages. And you had that whole box of ornaments that Jerry said were $100 each.
2: Yeah. And it's like, and you don't even I'm like, also, now she's also, she's getting what, 3% of the commission on selling Aunt Tippy's house? That should get her out of the hole. Uh, it, it makes. <laughs> Zero sense. It's like, what it makes are
1: you doing? Zero sense. Okay, so Diana is tied to this chair, but she's able to like finagle getting her phone out of her back pocket, and she calls Detective Park, who's obviously number one in her favorites at this point. And he's like, "Hi, Diana," and she's like, "Shh, shh,", shh. and she has the phone on the speaker, and he hears Brianna admitting to this, and he immediately. Gets the whole police station, and they head on over there.
2: Brianna says basically she was going to take all the figurines in one last go, as opposed to these little bits and pieces she had been stealing. And then Tippy came home early and saw her with the ornaments, and Brianna saw Aunt Tippy trip and fall, and didn't call anyone because it was better for her if Tippy just died. And then she was like, "Why Tippy wouldn't want me to go to jail?" Which I think is so funny to say about someone who you just like let die. But also, can we point out that yes. Aunt Tippy fell. She fell. When it was all said and done, she fell. She did It fall. was an accidental fall.
1: She was startled. Down the stairs, Diana said, there's no way she would have fallen. Well, she did. She, she
2: did, actually. Actually, she fell. Actually, she did. And then Brianna throws it in her face that she was never there for Tippy anyway. True. She's like, Diana, you were never even here, so you didn't even visit. You didn't even call. True. And she's basically like, I'm going to get away with this. And Brianna runs out, leaving Diana tied to a chair. And then off screen, we hear sirens. And what we can infer is Brianna being caught by the cops. It all takes place off screen. Hold it right there.
1: It. Your hands up. If anything, I was almost glad because I don't need to see a
2: white-haired woman in cuffs. You don't. I do. I think it would have been very fun because Brianna was so like, I'm getting away with it. Yeah, she would have been like fighting in Feral. She would have been fighting in Feral. She really had that switch where
1: it was like, hi, I'm making cookies. So like I, <laughs> exactly,
2: you know, I like, had to you're do right, it. You're right. Now I'm sad we were wrong. I was of like, that. that was a tour de force performance. I know. And so I guess that's Brianna being caught. We don't see, but just assume it happened. And then the next scene, Matt and Diana are sitting on, on Tippy's couch in the living room and He's forgives her for being suspicious and, you know, and it's like, "Hey, you were right. That something did happen even though Tippy still did fall." <laughs> and Matt gives Diana a present and it's a gnome that looks like her and it says mm-hmm. Detective Diana on it. And I said, "Okay, is well, that going to be your new business? Also, stop giving people gnomes. No one wants these things." She's a terrible detective, too. <laughs> she's so bad at it.
1: I I hope Detective Park saw that and kicked that gnome
2: over. <laughs> and then and then Matt also says, "You know, I'm moving to San Francisco. He's ready. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to lose her again." are you at? I said the last time y'all talked, she thought you were a murderer. So I don't know why you try to make it work with her. I really don't. And you're gonna move to San Francisco and start a new law practice. I, these people are not looking into the financials of this. They're not understanding the prices exactly. Like you wanna, you gotta get. You know what you have to make to be living comfortably in San Francisco, honey. And I think
1: San Francisco has enough lawyers. I think you're better suited. You. Eric Roberts retired. Now you're the only lawyer in town. You need to stay here. And it seems like Diana does not care about her business. So maybe she should move to whatever town this is and run the business out of there.
2: Let Riley run it. That's all she's doing. Yes. And then just then, the doorbell rings. Who has surprisingly made it home just in time for Christmas? Diana's parents. I don't know how they changed the course of a storm and a ship's ability to get to port, but they did it.
0: We managed to get a flight. A, a
1: few tries, but here we are. Yeah, and we realized that you're right. We always do Christmas together. And I love that there's a dad because so the mom we'd only ever seen on the phone. The dad comes in, takes off his jacket, and is like, yeah, it was a busy travel day. And I'm like, I wonder if they just like got a man from craft services to do this. <laughs> like, this is like it, it it seems like they were like, Oh, we need somebody, you'll do. Uh. And so they cheers with hot cocoa that I do hope has a little pinch of
2: rum in it, like the one she was drinking before.
1: But they had, <laughs> uh, they had four glasses, ready to go.
2: Ready to go. But then also, I didn't appreciate how the nog was just sitting out on a table. I said, who wants some warm nog? Disgusting. Put a coaster beneath it. But I'm saying just like, loot, like- It's egg. If you've made real eggnog, it's like, put that in the fridge. It's got to be chilled. I thought they were having cocoa. Oh, maybe it was cocoa. It looked kind of noggy to me. You know, like it didn't look a deep brown. And now here's a mystery for Detective Diana. (laughs) As everyone starts to chat with their nog and their laughter, the camera pans across to a tree ornament of a gnome that says, I'll be gnome for Christmas.
1: But Diana's not at home. She's at her grandparents' neighbor's house. She's not home. She's gnome, Megan. She's gnome. I just, the the themes
2: were mm, iffy, iffy on this one. Look, you know what? This really did inspire me to create a holiday thriller because I do see, because it's a fun challenge. It can be done. It can be done. And I really, I will say so in a way, this was an inspiration. So I'll, I appreciate that. I think we're the minds for it too. Now, next week, we have an
1: incredible title.
2: This is your movie. Like, I want you to read the log line because this is all you.
1: Oh, okay, great. A sugar and spice holiday, Susie, a rising young architect.
2: architect. What did I say?
1: Returns to her small hometown in Maine for the holidays while trying to juggle work and time with family Susie is guilted into following in her late grandmother's footsteps and entering the local gingerbread house competition. Megan! Teaming up with an old high school friend, Billy, Susie must find the right recipe to win the competition and her true love. (gasps) Wow, so Billy could be a man or a woman.
2: Megan, this is really your type. This is an architect. This is gingerbread houses. What's very funny is the idea that you could make a better gingerbread house if you are an architect. I said, if she don't get yeah. out of Protractor, I am walking out of the movie. And by walking out, I mean wow. out of my house. Because you can watch this movie with your current Lifetime Movie Club subscription or go to com slash podcast for a free seven-day trial. So we'll be in Maine. We'll be in Maine. We'll be in Maine and we'll be with
1: Susie. I've never been to Maine, but it feels like a white woman's paradise.
2: (laughs) Well, all you white women living in paradise, hope you enjoyed this (laughs) week's episode. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN, because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime, and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam
1: podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. This episode is produced by Aisha Jordan and Elizabeth Skadden.
2: With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate.
1: Executive produced by Jesse Katz.
2: With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the hosts, okay? (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits.
0: (laughs) Ha ha ha!